Welcome back to the show. My name is Angelique Velez. I am the CEO and founder of Breakups to Makeup, and you are listening to the Hey Glow Friend podcast. Thank you so, so much in advance for tuning in. If this episode is of any value to you, please remember to subscribe, rate, review, and share with a friend as that is the only way I'm going to be able to spread the word about the podcast. And that goes for any podcast that you listen to out there, Glowfriend, including your own. Those are the three tips that I was given when I first started the podcast, so I like to share them in the very beginning. So welcome back, everyone. (laughs) And I am so sorry that I've been a bit MIA, but if you've been following me on social media, then you know that I'm in the midst of my mastermind program at the moment. So I started, I launched my, um, my, I officially launched my mastermind program this past February, and I have a group of 14 incredible, incredible masterminders, um, and we have been working, working, working. So I'm still trying to find the quote unquote balance of the two of, of doing the mastermind program. And then with the podcast, it is a lot. So eventually, as I mentioned on one of the previous episodes, I will come up with a schedule of some sort. When I first, first, first started the Hey Girlfriend podcast, uh, my goal within that month actually was to record an episode every day, Monday through Friday. And I continue that for a long, well, long over the month's time. So at this point, I think I'm going to be dropping episodes I think weekly, if not twice a week, but stay tuned. And I promise you there will be some consistency because I do, I I preach on how important it is and it truly is to stay consistent. So I promise you it will be coming and I will let you know. But today I wanted to hop on um, because I actually had a meeting. I had a bonus meeting with my mastermind students this week. Um, A lot of them are going through ish. I don't don't want to curse stuff. Um, Me included, I feel like honestly, and I'll, I'll talk about this in another episode, but when they say that March really comes in like a lion out like a lamb, I hope I'm using that for the right month. I'm pretty sure it is for March. It doesn't, that's, that's not a lie. There's no lies there. Uh, for me, every single year, and I was telling my masterminders this, March, without a doubt, is usually one of my toughest months emotionally. So it has nothing to do with like the business or, or personal stuff. Like just emotionally wise, it's usually a very, very heavy month. Um, so, and this, this year, 2021 is not excluded with that. And literally every single one of my masterminders is going through something right now. So we had a, I called it an emergency bonus meeting this week. So within that meeting, um, there were a couple questions that had been asked that I didn't, I I wasn't able to get to. So I promised them that I was going to record an episode about it. And if you notice on social media, we were asking you to submit questions as well. So I had mentioned to you before that the Ask Angelique is going to become, um, I don't even, a series, let's say. So we will be doing this every so often where um, I have you submit questions to me and then I answer them on the podcast. So that is what today is all about. So this is our very first Ask Angelique. So I have the questions here um, and I just want to make sure I'm not forgetting anything. So the first question for me is, 
what was Angelique's fail and or or I can't even talk. Let me start that over. What was Angelique's fail and or regret when building her brand? What should or what would she have done differently? Oh, I actually, I adore this question. So honestly, I'm not one really to live with regrets. Um, I feel as though your life is your life, your journey is your journey, and you go through certain things. I don't like to say for a reason, but they, they shape you in a way to make you who you are. However, I will say, and I've mentioned this a couple of times on the podcast, there, there are a handful or less than a handful of things that I would have done differently business-wise. First and foremost, I would have started putting my face on my account, my business account, the Breakups to Makeup account more. So I would have, and by saying that, I mean, I would have started to tell my story more. I would have put myself out there more. When I launched Breakups to Makeup and things started to take off, and to those, I I guess it looks like it was like an overnight success, but Glow Friends, it was not. (laughs) Not by any means. Um, I worked very, very hard. It took a lot of time. Um, but when people started to know about breakups makeup, like when we launched in Sephora and then you saw us in the Ipsy bags, that was like a very, very prime time for the brands and people would know breakups to makeup, but they had no idea that I was Angelique Velez, the founder of breakups to makeup. So when I started talking about, they'd be like, Oh my God, wait, that's your brand. Yup. That's mine. So one thing in the beginning, I wish I had done, especially when we're talking about, I founded the brand in 2013, believe it or not on paper. So that was, oh my God, what, let me do some math, a little over seven years ago, right? So at that time, when I used to do a lot of trade shows and trade shows were popping and that was the thing, I definitely would have had more signage with my face on it, like showing that I was the CEO. I would have on, on um, social media, I would have gone on social media more myself. I wish I had done more live videos. So these are things that I teach within the mastermind program, which we're actually getting to it this month with my current group. Um, But that is a big, a big, big, big regret I have. The second one I would say is not collecting email addresses right away. So this is also something that I talk about a lot on this podcast as well in my mastermind group uh, groups. But um, email is golden, glow friends. Email is golden. Oh my gosh, golden. So. I, in the beginning, it was all, that was honestly, when I launched the brand, it was when Instagram had first started. So even like when I uh, created graphics, and I created the shape of the club, it was all based on Instagram and the, the layout of an Instagram page, like that square layout. Um, so for me, that was like prime thing. Like I need Instagram followers. It was all about that. So even at trade shows, I would like give out stickers and in return, I would have the people follow us right away then and there if they wanted a free breakups to make up stickers. Everything was surrounded around my social media. And I do regret that. And like I said, this is something I do teach my students as well. Um, email is golden. You have no, or we have no control over Facebook, over Instagram, over TikTok, all of the things over clubhouse. Even now we have no control. 
those things can change they can go away we don't own the our followers we have no way to contact them if they do go away so i wish in the very beginning i had really focused on and um nurtured my email list i'm doing that now if you're a follower of if you are um subscribed to the email list you notice i have multiple lists i have different things a lot of them are personal posts that literally come from me um some are not some are you know generated posts from my team or not posts i should say emails but i really really wish i would have focused that more on that because even now with the mastermind program it is so intimate and a lot of what we do it's it comes from an emotional place my email list would have been so much bigger at this point so that's another regret i have so i feel like those are like my two biggest regrets and it's definitely something that i talk about um and then there's other things that like i learned later on i could go on and on now that i'm thinking about it um but i would say the biggest the if I'm thinking of how I've changed mindset wise, <sighs> having no fear. Um, and it's not that I don't have fear now. I definitely have the fear, but I do it anyway. Because at this point, fast forward, I have my son, you know, my family, I have nothing to lose. Like it's either, it's that mentality that I'm gonna put myself out there no matter what and I don't care what people think. And that's something that I had to develop over time. Um, so I, I don't wanna necessarily say it's a regret because in the beginning, I don't think I was meant to, to be that way. I put myself out there as I felt fit at that point. Um, I did take risks, but now I would take more risks. Like now I honestly don't care. Like I will reach out to whoever, whenever, I will ask that question. Um, I'm pretty bold. Because in my head, I have nothing to lose. I have my five-year-old son looking up to me, my husband. Like, we, this is this is our family brand. So I will do whatever it takes. So I hope that helps. And, like, I could literally, maybe I will record a podcast, but I feel like that's its own podcast. Um, but I hope that helps some of you out there. But um, regret-wise, the first two ones definitely are things that I encourage you to do in the beginning if you are starting a business right now. Or even if you're not starting, just start them now. Start now. Building up that email uh, list now and putting yourself out there. I don't care if you don't think people are interested in your life and what you're doing. They do. Trust me. Someone will relate to you. And the only way they can relate to you is by you putting yourself out there, telling your story, telling why you founded your brand, telling why you're doing what you're doing, why are you using those products, why are you using that packaging. All of that goes with it. So do it, do it, do it. All right, next question is, uh, let's see. How did you fall into all of it? So I'm assuming this means like, how did I fall into breakups to makeup or how had I fall into becoming an entrepreneur? Great question. <laughs> um, it's funny because when I think back when I was uh, younger, my friends and I, I, oh, I was the girl, I, I had the lemonade stands. I tried that multiple times. My girlfriends and I, um, two of my girlfriends, or actually three of them, shout out to Linda, Colleen, and Jacqueline. We on our block, uh, we, <laughs> we had a club called the Clown House. And we literally put on a performance for our entire block. We, I don't know how we had the, I was going to say the audacity, but I don't know how we had the, um, I don't know how we did it, y'all. But we put on a performance. We practiced for weeks. 
and put on a performance called The Clown House where we literally had like a play for our block. We invited the kids, we invited the neighbors. I think we had, a, we were selling popcorn, cotton candy, glow friends. We made $100 at that time. And I think we were probably in middle school. At that time, $100 to us was like a million dollars. We could not believe we made $100. Um, but I always had that drive. I always had that hustle. Um, so within my journey, and I've told, I've told this story before, any job that I've had, I actually enjoyed. Um, when I worked at Hofstra University, I enjoyed that job. When I worked at Makeup Designery, I enjoyed that job. Um, when I worked at Chic Studios, I was teaching. I, enjoy, I always enjoyed the jobs that I had. But there was always a feeling that there was something else out there. And it's not necessarily something better, nothing like that. Just, I always had a calling that there was something else, like in the back of my mind. Um, it's like the crazy, I call it the crazy person that always talks to me in the back of my mind. I have, di- I have different personalities I, that I um, that I tap on. Uh, but this one is my crazy person that always tells me, no, there's something else. So I kind of just always knew that there was something else out there. But I loved every job that I have, and I feel like every job that I had shaped me into the person that I am today, but I didn't necessarily just fall into it. <laughs> like I worked hard. When I had to, when I decided to leave makeup designery and pursue freelance makeup artistry, yeah, I was picked up by a, an agency, a makeup and hair agency, and that was great, but that didn't mean I was gonna be getting work 24-7. Like I still had to hustle to get that work. Even now, any links, any connections with breakups to makeup, any collaborations, any buyers that come for us, I hustle to get those accounts. So it's not that I fall into it. I work very hard for it. Um, and a lot of times, you know, it's it's my creativity that I'm tapping into and that 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 that's my spark, that's my drive, and that's my and I'm passionate about what I do. So I hope I'm answering the question properly, but I didn't necessarily fall into it. Any part of my life, I kind of tap into my gut and I tap into myself and I listen to myself and, and if I feel as though there's something else out there, I'll I'll, I'll kind of um I lean into it to see where it brings me. I'm never scared to do that. And that's where it has brought me to where I am today. And even now, I think I mentioned this um, last month on the podcast, that even now with breakups to makeup, my makeup mastermind, even my makeup artist, what I'm doing, I love, I enjoy what I do, but I even know there's something more. There's something more that I want to bring into this world. I don't know what it is yet. I know that it has to do with um, the younger generation, especially specifically younger um, children or um, young adults of color, something. I don't know what, I will circle back, but I always have that little voice inside of me and that's kind of how I quote unquote fell into it, but I worked very hard at it. All right, the third question, how and when did you know you wanted to become an entrepreneur? So I guess this actually piggybacks on exactly what I was talking about. Um, I didn't know. (laughs) I had no idea. Like, I was raised, honestly, to... um to go to college to uh it wasn't even I don't want to say it was like traditional like either become a doctor or a lawyer my parents weren't really like that just for real like I had to go to college that was not even that within my parents mind that was not even an option like that was a necessity it was happening whether I wanted to or not and I was I, I didn't I did want to I, I wanted to go um I was always taught that that was success going to college so I, I knew that was going to happen, um, but I, I didn't necessarily know 
what I was gonna do after. So when I first went to college and I went to the University of Miami, shout out to the Canes out there, um, I actually went in thinking I was gonna become a pediatric psychiatrist, so random. At first, actually, it was a veterinarian, and then I was like, pediatric psychiatry. Either way, I had to go pre-med. And I was doing well in my classes. Um, and then I got to, what was it? It wasn't bio. It might have just been, I think it was organ, uh, organic chemistry. Is that is that a course? I think, y'all. Um, no, physics. It was physics. I had to take a physics course. And I just, I, I was sitting there one day in class and I was like, what am I doing here? I think it was like the third class. We had just started the semester. And I literally had one of those like out of body experiences sitting in the lecture hall like looking up from above, looking or looking down from above, like, girl, this is not where you are meant to be and why are you here? And like I said, I was doing okay. It wasn't like I wasn't doing well, but I just knew that it wasn't for me anymore. Um, and in retrospect, I don't like blood. I don't like hospitals. I don't even like looking at people's feet. So I don't know how I would have done like being a veterinarian. I mean, pediatric psychiatrist, I wouldn't have to look at people's feet, but I'm assuming training wise, I would have had to do, you know, my time at the hospital and all. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. But anyway, so I went to my advisor, switched it up. I think I changed my major probably two or three times. And then I wound up graduating with my degree, my bachelor's in psychology with a minor in education. Um, all of which I use now. <laughs> Fast forward as a makeup artist and then um, with my makeup mastermind and the counseling aspect, the things I had, I used to have to do at makeup designery. I definitely use um, my degrees, but, um, but yeah, so. I didn't know necessarily that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And at that time, you're talking like I graduated college in 2003. It wasn't sexy. Like it wasn't a, like being an entrepreneur. Like now it's totally different. I feel like so many people lean into it and it's considered like a real thing. Whereas when I was in college, when I was graduating, the goal was to get a job. Like all of us, we wanted to graduate and get a job. And as a matter of fact, there, I remember, I think in, was it 05? I can't remember sp uh, specifically, but I remember there was a time where most of my friends were all unemployed. Like there were no jobs. It was really, really bad. We were in some type of recession. Um, but that was the goal for us. I remember that. And uh, being an entrepreneur, that wasn't like the trend. And it's different now. Um, I feel like people are more open to it. Even makeup artistry, when I had first started, it wasn't considered a quote unquote real job. In all honesty, um, it was more, people looked at it more as like a, a hobby or just something that, that um, you do for fun. But no, it is. So um, I don't necessarily say that I knew. Half the time I don't know things. I, I don't know what I'm doing. So I just kind of and this is going piggybacking on the other question, I kind of fell into it. <laughs> fell into my journey. My journey guided me there. Uh, so I hope that helps, but I did not know at all that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. All right, the fourth question. <sighs> all right, let me see. This is a long one. Let's see if I could uh, break it down. So how does one fire a client? Um, and it, she kind of goes on here. Basically, she has a client who they agree to certain terms and now the client is asking for more of her time, more of her terms or, or different terms, I should say. 
and uh, they want you to be there around the clock and tend to ask you for things very last minute several times a week. They want to be top priority out of all of your other clients. How does one create boundaries? This is a great question. And I would say, you know, definitely if you are service-based, like you're a service-based person, that could be makeup artistry, that could be, you know, coaching, that could be whatever that looks like for you. If you're providing a service to others and you have multiple clients, it's really, really important to have those, set those boundaries from the very beginning and have things listed from the beginning. So that way you can always go back to whatever the contract is or whatever you have them signing um, or the deal (laughs) that you set in the beginning. So it's important to have that conversation. This is going to come from you a lot of times, like what your what what their expectations are from you you want to have that conversation with them and then you can provide them with something that either that they're signing whether it is a contract or it's a deal memo or whatever that looks like depending upon what it is that you do that way that you both are on the same page and they understand that you're working from this time to this time they can contact you via email or telegram or voxer or whatever app it is that you're using slack during this time and that you'll you'll respond right away if it's after this time it might take you a little bit longer like i would say you want to be very very specific as to what your boundaries are and what times that they are able to contact you so that way they don't feel as they can step all over you and i know it's really hard it's easier said than done but if you have it kind of i respect providers, service providers that I work with that actually come with me with these things previously like stated from the very, very beginning. Like you can connect with me here if it's after hours, uh, it'll, it might take me, you know, a 24 hour mark to respond to or even 48 hours sometimes depending upon what it is. Um, or if you're working on their stuff specific days, like let's say it's a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then they contact you outside of that time period that you, it may take you longer to get back to them and let them know. Like I would outline everything from the beginning. And it's, you want to definitely be specific, but I do understand also that there's also like that fine line because you don't want to overwhelm them either in the beginning. Because I know me as if if I'm paying someone or if I'm hiring someone, if it's too much stuff that they're putting out there, I'm like, oh my God, okay. Uh, well, I didn't think about all those things, but I do respect it. So I would say the best way to do this, and a lot of this, girlfriend, honestly, give yourself grace. A lot of this comes from learning when it happens to you. And I know within my journey, that's the way it's been. Like we could try to plan for things as much as we can and then stuff just happens. We have that that um, difficult client that we you couldn't even expect it. You had no idea it was gonna go that way at all. Um, and then you learn from that experience and then you incorporate those things with your next client. So a lot of that is going to be learning, but I will say it's very important to have boundaries. Definitely, especially in the in the business that we're in. We are entrepreneurs. We literally work 24/7. So if we don't set those boundaries, we are going to be working 24/7, especially if you're working with other clients and then you have your own stuff that you're focusing on, you want to set those boundaries so that way you know when you're working on their things and you know when you're working on your own things. 
So the second part of that question is how does one fire a client or let a client go? So this really depends on your terms. A lot of times when I'm working with service-based businesses, we're, we're in a contract. We have a contract. So you want to fulfill the contract and fulfill the time that you signed on for, obviously. But at the, I would let them know and I, I would probably give, excuse me, I would give them a heads up. So I would probably, you know, depending upon when the contract is over, you can give them a month's notice. Um, if it's less than that, at least two weeks notice at the very minimum, two weeks notice that, you know, at the end of this contract, unfortunately, I will not be able to renew it. Um, and you can leave it at that. Sometimes I feel like less is more. If you want to get into more detail, that is on you. But I really feel like less is more. Uh, you can let them know that, you know, um, maybe, no, honestly, less is more. <laughs> That's something that I learned as well. Keep it brief. They don't need to know your business. You just let them know that I will not be renewing the contract. I, I love, love working with you. Um, if you have any questions, just let me know and leave it at that and see what happens and see how they respond. And then you could take it from there. But I really do believe less is more. If you feel like you need to explain yourself, maybe saying something to the effect that, you know, you are moving in a different direction and you won't have time um, for as many clients as you did before, something like that. Um, but let them down easy, always keeping it professional because you never know who might know someone out there or who is going to be able to help you later on in your journey. I'm not saying that it might be this specific client, especially if they're a difficult client, but you never know who they might talk to or who they might tell about, tell you, tell about you too. Um, if you can tell girlfriends, I have not had coffee. I'm recording this in the morning and I usually record at night and I have not had coffee. Um, but anywho, yeah, I hope that helps, but always keep it professional. Um, but it is your brand. This is your business. Remember you call the shots. There's a contract in place. You want to definitely follow and abide by that contract. But if it's time to let the person go, it's time to let them go. And if you're feeling it, then there's a reason for it. So lean into that feeling, lean into your guts and go with that. I hope that helps. And I think this might be the last question. So this one is, uh, let me see. It's long as well. How do you carve out time? If you don't have much time to carve out, oh, this is a great, great, great question. And so many of us struggle with this. So you got to find the time. You have to find the time, especially in this specific um, question. They're talking about their own personal business. So once again, a lot of us, we are service based. So we are constantly doing for others, doing for others, for our clients, whether that's makeup, whether that's that you're an esthetician. Um, so we put our clients first. Uh, And if you want to carve out time for your own business, you have to find the time. And what does that mean? That means either extra early mornings or very late nights. And there's no other way around it. Um, Especially if you're working. I know a lot of people uh, right now, our work is starting to pick up again. So you're finding yourself that you're working every day, which is awesome. Um, But if you still want to focus on your business, you're going to have to find the time. I still, to this, to right now, I've created all this stuff and I'm still staying up sometimes 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm more of a night owl. So it just depends. I would say figure that part out too. Are you more of a morning person or are, are, are you more of a night owl? For me, I have a 
five-year-old. So in the morning, I kind of like to do my thing really quick, then wake him up and then get him ready for school, drop him off. And then I'm, I'm working during the day, working meaning I'm conducting my own business during the day. So I'll try to break this down so it makes sense. So I'm conducting my business that's already running. Okay, so this is not thinking of new things, kind of like this is the stuff that's running. So when I'm, this specific question is kind of related to, I feel like if you are creating new things or if you're trying to focus on your own business, but your um, quote unquote full time is more working for other clients. I hope I'm making sense, little friends. But for me, if I'm creating, so let's say I'm writing or if I'm doing a blog or even this podcast, that's more of creation. So that stuff, sometimes I have to stay up late and do it at night because I don't get to it during the day. Um, And I wait until my son and my husband are asleep and then that's when I start working and I stay up late. If I'm taking classes or courses, sometimes I have to stay up late and do them. It, It is what it is. So that to me, you have to make sacrifices and I'm not saying it's healthy, it's not. You definitely wanna get your sleeps, but know that it's just a season. Like you're just doing that for a certain amount of time. And I would say if you can try to have a goal in mind as well, like, okay, so I'm going to do this. And like, for example, when I was creating my makeup mastermind, like the actual curriculum, and I have another, I have two other courses actually. Uh, one is the free challenge, the low front grinds. And then I have my first course that's going to be launching next month, which it's out there already, but we're going to do an actual launch for it called the glow front grit. And when I was developing the curriculum for these courses, I was staying up two, three in the morning, glow friends, developing curriculum because that's outside of um, my my business right now, what's making me money right now, if that makes sense. So that's, it's, it's separate. It's more of my creativity part. So yeah, I stay up late. Um, it's all about sacrifice. And another thing, we actually talked about this on our um, group call this week with one of my mastermind students. So be careful what you ask for. Uh, it's one, one of them, all of a sudden now, she, she just uh, got back into freelancing and she was working a full-time job and now she's back into freelancing and she's like, the doors have just been opening and this is what she's been wanting. But now it's like, okay, so now I'm working all the time. She doesn't have any time to spend like on her own admin stuff, like getting her website together and the personal stuff that she wants to do for her brand. So I said to her, I was like, listen, now it's time you get picky with your, even your freelance jobs. Now this is different. If you tell me, girlfriend, that you need to make money right now, like you're in a bind, you need money and you just need to work. And, and some of my mastermind students are there as well. That's different Then you take those jobs, whatever the job is, you take it. But if you're at a place where you can be picky about the jobs and, and you'll know your gut will tell you when you're there. Cause I've been in both and, and you know, um, you know that you're not leaving your apartment for anything under $250. Like you'll know, you'll get there. Um, so if that's the case, then you're going to have to start saying no. And you're going to have to be like more picky about the jobs that you accept. Or even in your own mind, you can say you're only working two to three jobs a week and that's it. And you cap it there and you accept whatever jobs work well and feel good and pay well for you. Um, and you can start being picky and that's a great place to be as well, but you're going to have to carve out the time. You have to force yourself to do so. That's the only way to, um, to make it happen. And it's going to be sacrificing, um, especially shout out to the moms out there, especially those, if you have little ones or not, even if you have little ones, kids in general, it's hard. It's really hard, but you can find the time. Everyone is struggling with something so you can do it. 
All right, glow friends. I hope this was helpful to you. I went a little bit over on this one, so I hope it was helpful to you. Um, if you have any any questions at all, please go follow uh, or go to the Hey Glow Friend Facebook group. I'll post the link in the comments here. And I promise you will be more on a schedule with the podcast. I'm just popping on quickly. Like I said, I'm still in the midst of my mastermind program and um, I'm devoting a lot of time to that. I'm having so much fun um, with this group and I will circle back. But as always, any questions at all, you can always shoot me a text, DM me, message me, whatever works. And we will continue this Ask Angelique series. But until next time, when I shine, you shine, we shine together, glow friends. Bye.